Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent. Well, the phones are ringing once again, and Mother Angelica is answering the call from the classic TV shows of the 1980s and 1990s. I'm Doug Keck, along with our chaplain here at EWTN, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Always great to be with you, Father. And with you, too, and to learn some more from Mother's deep insights and her life of prayer. You know, contemplatives are those who spend their life loving the Lord, looking to the Lord, seeking His will, and we uh, benefit so much from Mother's own prayer life. Absolutely. Four topics uh, per our show t- this week. Struggling to give up smoking, let the unfaithfulness stop with you. That sounds like a tough one. How can I avert purgatory? Good idea. And starting things off, something that's really a good mm-hmm. question. What is faith, really? I really like the uh, distinction that Mother makes here about the intellectual assent, right? So we assent, we say yes to the propositions that the church teaches us, our creed, for example, that we say every Sunday, we are assenting to that intellectually. But then Mother talks about the everyday faith, living that out in the day-to-day struggles that we have, and how do I go forward with faith, with trust in God. And faith is really a way of knowing. So God has given us a reason by which we can know, for example, scientific truth, but there's limitations there. And faith is able to go beyond the limits of our reason with the light that God gives us. Yeah, I I think what she points out, she talks about faith being something that's just there, that's something in your heart. Mm Mm-hmm. And she talks about her own vocation. You know, Pope John Paul II one time was addressing young people and talking about his own uh, vocation to the priesthood. And he said, there's always a certain mystery about it. But I knew that God was calling me to be a priest. And I would say that from my own sense, too, that I just had this sense. I'm working in the uh, medical engineering field. And yet God's calling me, and so I had to test this. I had to try to find out what is this specific call. So there's a certain mystery about it, and yet deep down you know this is what God wants. Well, uh, I was wondering, uh, in your own uh, discernment there, did uh, did uh, Maylocks ever come into play in your particular uh, faith walk, <laughs> Father? Well, when I moved to Alabama <laughs> and they mistaked me, mistook me <laughs> for a guy who had murdered a state trooper. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> but eventually they figured out, no, you're not the guy. But at first the detective said, it might be you. <laughs> and I, finally they decided, no, this is not the guy. <laughs> that Another story for another day. Right now we go to Mother Angelica and what is faith? So we have another call. Hello? Hello. Hi, where are you from? Texas County, Texas. Well, what is your question? Uh, I wanted to know what is faith? What is faith? Uh-huh. Well, let's go to Hebrews here. I can tell you a little bit about faith. There's the intellect, uh, uh, intellectual ascent to faith, which uh, allows you to believe all of the doctrines of the church. It allows you to understand 
exactly what the church believes and asks us to believe. See? Faith is that invisible reality see? that we cling to without having seen it. It's, it's a certainty, a certain uh, awareness of the truths. That's what it says in Hebrews. Of the truth of the faith and the existence of God in the salvation given to me by Jesus, in the love and, and maternity of Mary, in the sacraments. I don't believe because I feel it, huh? I don't believe because I know, I understand it all. But there's something in the heart. And some people have it and some people don't. Did you ever meet somebody who doesn't have any faith? Huh? And don't you wonder about it? You say, well, why? It's so easy. Why, why can't they catch on? Why don't they believe? Well, they can't. They don't see that invisible reality. Wherever you are tonight, do you want to know that God is with you? I don't know whether you're in your bedroom, your living room, you're in somebody else's house listening, but the very Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is in that very place you're in. And if you, you shut off your radio and all the noise, and you listen, for a moment. You will know the presence of God. You will understand His awesome, wondrous presence. It isn't something you can explain almost because it's something you know. So many people ask me about my vocation. Been not a long time. I can't explain it though, you know? You just know you have it. And faith isn't something you can always explain fully, but it's that certainty and that invisible reality. On an intellectual basis, it's an assent to truth. It's an ascent to truth that Jesus was here. He was born of the Virgin Mary, the Holy Spirit. He came. He lived among us. He died for us. He rose. The right hand of the Father, he shall come again. We believe. That's faith. Then there's everyday faith, you know. That's a kind of the hardest, don't you think? Huh? What do I do now, Lord? See, that, that's kind of... Everybody thinks I'm a woman of faith. Do you think that? Huh? Yeah? One time I said that at a conference I was at. I said I took a lot of Maalocks. <laughs> this woman came up to me after the conference. She was absolutely horrified. And she said to me, I don't understand. I said, what? How you, a woman of faith, can take a lot of Maalocks? 
I said, my stomach doesn't know I have faith. (laughs) (laughs) There's no guarantee if you have faith, you're not going to get ulcers. So uh, faith is, is... it doesn't take away all your problems and troubles and make everybody healthy, wealthy, and wise. No, faith is that, that awareness of the will of God in my life. That no matter what happens, his hand is in mine. That I can go on. I can trust him. And we move along with our next topic, having to do with the struggle to give up smoking and some mm-hmm. of Mother's advice. Was that ever a problem for you? Not for me, but for my dad. And so I used to blow out his matches when he lit his cigarettes. That was a great uh, privilege, right? I thought it was. But then it was in eighth grade, I remember, that they had this presentation by a man who had had his larynx removed. And he was talking about, don't smoke, kids. So I go home and I'm telling my dad, you got to stop smoking. And he did. And um, so it's those sorts of things that... People have these compulsions, right, cravings. We want to do the right thing, and yet we have these cravings, these compulsions. And that's where the Lord especially is necessary to help us to do that. But maybe also kind of looking at the reality of where it could lead us. Yeah, I think Mother kind of talks about seeing somebody, uh, a woman who's pregnant with a cocktail in one Mm -hmm. hand or a cigarette in another, that idea of, you know, some of these things are addictive, they're tough to deal with, Mm -hmm. but you've got to try, right? Yeah, with God's grace. That's the whole AA thing, right? Is that you need something greater than yourself. And you need to turn to God to ask for his light and his grace. And he will help you. Absolutely. Sometimes we resist his help. Let's see what Mother has to say. Well, we have a call. Hello? Hi, Mother. Hi, where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. Oh, wonderful. What is your question? Um, my question is, um, since you mentioned the smoking, um, I, I've been having a battle trying to give up the smoking, and um, I went to confession, and when I confessed to the priest that um, I know that it's a sin for me to be smoking, he told me um, that we all have our vices, and as long as uh, I'm trying, that it's not a sin. Um, I'm just wondering what your comment would be. <laughs> you really want to know? <laughs> If you feel it's harmful to you, it's a sin to harm your own body. It is. I mean, if you know if there's something wrong with your lungs or it affects your family, and these are bad effects, you're, you're obliged to quit. See? And that's drinking, too. It's just drugs, all of this, you know? I saw a woman not too long ago, we were going through a hotel, and she had a cocktail in one hand, a cigarette in her mouth, and she was pregnant. Something wrong, huh? That you would carry a baby with a cigarette in one hand and a cocktail in another. See that? I think he's wrong, I'm sad to say. I'm not bucking the clergy, but anything that harms your body, 
I'm not saying you're committing a mortal sin, but you could, I think, commit a very big imperfection and a venial sin because you're affecting your body. I went through a hospital one time in this whole ward where people, cancer patients, and I, I went to see one in particular, and this one man had just had his uh, larynx, is that what that is, taken out. He was smoking through a hole. A little hole here. Are you smoking? You see, there's something wrong. You know, I, I think that's sinful because you are deliberately going against the will of God that made your body wonderful, holy, and pure, and good. And even if you have a cancer operation, you know you're in trouble, buddy. You smoke anyway. Do you love me? That's what he says to all of us. Do you love me? He said that to Peter, you know. Peter said to the Lord, all these will deny you. Though they all do, I will not. The Lord said, Peter, Simon, before the cock crows thrice. No, twice. You will deny me thrice. Oh, we don't know ourselves. You can't pass one highway without a billboard saying, mm -mm, don't smoke. So I, I would be careful, I, I really would. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we appreciate you staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call with Father Joseph Mary Wolf and myself, Doug Keck. Our topic now, let the unfaithfulness stop with you. Kind of an interesting statement. Yes, and uh, we know our Lord was always faithful, but we also know we aren't always faithful. And we also know that others are not always faithful. But the Lord's always faithful. So we can trust him. We can have confidence in him. And I'm often reminded of G.K. Chesterton's quote. He said, forgiveness is only forgiveness when, it's, when we forgive the unforgivable. And so there are those deep hurts that you say, I don't think I could ever forgive. But with the Lord's grace, we learn to say with Jesus, Father, forgive them. Then we find freedom. Yeah, and I think sometimes in following up, they know not what they do themselves mm -hmm. that many right. times we realize we've been hurt or people have done things where mm -hmm. they really didn't realize to the extent of wh what a problem it was for you personally. Father Mitch tells that story of his own grandmother. He was at his ma grandmother's deathbed and she would not forgive, I think it was her husband who had been, I guess, a hard man with her. And he said, you've got to do it. That's what the gospel says. And finally she did. And so there was that freedom, and she was able to enter into eternal life, please God, having forgiven and to receive then the forgiveness of our Lord. I think also the idea of it's there's a forgiveness and there's I'm I like you. You know, the, the fact that you forgive what somebody mm -hmm. did doesn't mean they suddenly have to become your best friend. 
Yeah, and the Lord talked about acting. So pray for those who persecute you. Do good, do good to those who hurt you. So there's a certain action, not the feeling. He's not commanding the feeling, but the action. Right. Very good. Let the unfaithfulness stop with you. So now we have a call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Pennsylvania. Good. And what is your question? I have a very troubled heart, as you're speaking about. Mm-hmm. And it is about my wife that I found out a few months ago was having a relationship. We've been married for like over 20 years. And I'm white. And this man is black. And I don't know how to deal with it. Well, that's a hard one, isn't it? I think you need to pray a lot. You do not need to go over it and over and over and over. You need to go before the Blessed Sacrament. Because you need big healing. And your wife needs repentance. And the other one needs repentance too. See, if we don't know we have offended the good God, right now, you're so hurt, you're angry. You have to have pity and compassion. I don't think race is the issue. The issue is unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness. And that's a grievous offense against the commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, I know you have failed in your life, and we all fail in, in something. So that's why you need to go to your church and sit there and pray. Say, Lord, I find it very hard to forgive. And maybe you'll hear Jesus say, yes. Yeah, I know. I had to forgive. And maybe you say, Jesus is terribly unfair. I've been faithful all my life. And he'd say, yes, I know. I was faithful all my life. And then maybe he would say, you have to forgive. And then you would say, I can't. I won't. I think our Lord then would say to you, have I died for you in vain? Are you one that will walk away? Well, you see, you need to ask yourself some question. I must forgive. I would try to see if maybe your wife needs some help. That would be something you should do. Help her. Help her. And just ask the Lord, ask Our Lady to help you to forgive. Why? Because you need to forgive in order to be forgiven. <laughs> and your wife needs to know. She needs to repent. And that's a grace from God, see? We're going to pray for you. I know it's hard. 
And I hope my few words will help you to forgive and give God the joy of forgiving an unjust heartache. And maybe if you do, our dear Lord himself will give her grace to be faithful. And it's everywhere. You look at a newspaper, a magazine, the television, the whole story, no matter where you go, is unfaithful, unfaithful, unfaithful. Well, it has to stop somewhere. Let it stop with you. And closing out this week's program, a call about how can I avoid purgatory? You know, Mother Angelica had some real characters in her life, whether it's her family, talking about her grandfather and his saloon and, and his mother, or it was the Tonys that she knew that helped her out when she was first in the monastery. She had these uh, interesting characters in her life. But she also brings up in this, this part, you know, that sanctification is overcoming with the grace of God this downward pull. So we all have this gravity, gravity of original sin, if you will. But sanctification is overcoming that with the grace of God. Absolutely. And, and I think Mother even talks about one of her own foibles about her, her tendency to be impatient. Not that mm-hmm. we ever saw that. <laughs> but, you know, with that kind of situation. But also realizing sometimes people see purgatory and they, that's the, if you've made purgatory, you've made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might have to go through more, but you know you've made it. It's a place of mercy. Right. And to think of it in that light, it's a place of mercy. It's a place where God says you're not yet ready for heaven, but you're going to be made ready for heaven. And so he's purifying us, uh, cleansing us, making us ready for the great joy and delight. And so their happiness is greater than ours because they know where their destination ultimately is. Really is a great uh, version of God's mercy lived out. How can I avoid purgatory? Hello? Yes, hi, Mother. This is Susan in Chicago. And what is your question? My question is, is how can we avoid purgatory? And we thank you from the bottom of our heart in Chicago and along the East Coast for, for, um, for responding for the Holy Soul. The best way, and, and I don't think it's very hard. I really don't. Our Lord does not ordain we all go to purgatory. We can avoid purgatory by just accepting the will of God and allowing the will of God to be our joy. When our dear Lord said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, just imagine what that means. What does food do for you? Well, it makes you feel good, gives you more strength, makes you happy, builds up your body, your muscles, your blood, everything. If you didn't eat, you'd just shrivel up. Well, the will of God is like that in our soul. It builds us up. It makes us more, look more like Jesus. It purifies us from all our sinner conditions, from all the consequences of our sin. You say, what are consequences? All right, if you drink a half a pint or a whole pint of whiskey, the next day you call it a hangover. Well, those are consequences. See? If you hadn't, you know, we used to have, I told you my grandfather had a saloon. And this man we used to call number nine because he wore big, he had big feet when he was about eight years old and they, they, we, we named him number nine because his feet were that big, you know. Well, when he'd get drunk, the next day he was in bed all day with a hangover. 
And finally, his mother would take him and dump him in cold water. Now, here's a man who did something wrong. He paid for it. Those are consequences. And his mother dumped him in cold water. So here he is, purgatory. Whenever we do anything that harms our body or our soul, we have those consequences after and before. I have a tendency to be impatient. I'm 72 and I still have a tendency to be impatient. But I have to overcome that. I have to try. So it's like Adam and Eve, you know, they never felt anger. They never felt jealousy. They never felt rebellion. And now they began to feel it and we feel it. You find some children that tall, one is generous, one selfish. There's a consequence, you see, we just not born the Immaculate Conception. Those kind of things we have to understand. We can overcome what? With the Mass? With confession. Confession. And the Eucharist. If we were sorry every night for our failings, if we went to confession more often, confession, if we were more repentant of our sins, and if we love God to accept His will lovingly, your purgatory would be either non-existent or very short. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.